Hello and welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast. Like a bad penny, we return. Um, it's been a few weeks, um, actually been two months since the last episode. Um, clearly we've been busy, I don't know really what doing, but we're back. Um, and we're going to start this podcast like we do any other podcast. Uh, it may contain some strong language and topics that some people might may find offensive. Um, follow us on social media at PL Fan Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Um, and let's crack straight on it. Welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast. Okay, so hello and welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, to the listener. Um, I am joined by um, two of my very good friends. Uh, I am I am with the advocate of Arteta, the one and only Joe Ranger. Joe, nice to see you. How are you? I'm I'm well, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. And I'm with the Oracle of Ollie, the one and only. <laughs> Mr. Tom Peach, how are you, Tom? All right. Very good, Chris. Loving the alliteration. That's okay. It's all right. On the spot. On the spot. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, Troy can't join us today. Um, but but you know, the three of us are here. Uh, we're going to try and give you a, a podcast. There's a lot to cover. Um, I love how Luke it... doesn't even get a mention now. It's just <laughs> just an absentee. Luke's. Luke's... <laughs> Luke will give a one-off of, uh, appearance. I mean, we've all forgotten what he looks like. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, like I said, we're we're just going to sort of uh, do a bit of a free for all. A lot that's happened um, since eight weeks since we've done a podcast last. It's been a long time. Um, so, some some big things have happened. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later on in the podcast about. Um, our teams of 2020 um, so you've got that to look forward to um, <laughs> but um, guys we'll just start off by saying it, it's been a, it's been a crazy couple of weeks and it's a crazy season up to this point um, what do you make of it Tom? It's basically been a complete turnaround in the last couple of weeks um, alone just uh, one or two results for each team has basically turned the table upside down pretty much it's it's been crazy joe what have you made of it uh <laughs> uh it's a very it's just such an up and down season like you can't really call anything um especially uh, like people you kind of think that it's still early on but i mean what we're, we're halfway like i mean 70, yeah and and still there's i think 12 points no Less than that, I think, maybe, or around that, between that and the bottom half of the table. And it's just I mean, so it, close. The, the, for, the form, in, you know, the form that, the I mean, the, the, the power six, so to speak, has been so up and down. Um, you know, I think I think we made the comment last night that does anybody actually want to win the Premier League? You know, I think, uh, you know, Liverpool were front runners. Um, uh, you know, City have always been names that you'd associate with with front runners, but it's just so tight. It's results aren't going people's way. Um, and Tom, I have to say, Manchester United. I don't know about you, Joe, but this this has come out of absolute nowhere. I know, um, I know, Man United fans like to say that they're joint top. Um, <laughs> it's so it's so close. You've had to start calling us joint top. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, you are technically still second. Um, yeah. if, if, if you win your next game, you do go top. You do um, go top. Even a draw will be enough. Like, that's how yeah. it is. Yeah, one draw and we'll go top. That's amazing. Is it me, guys, or has this come out of absolute nowhere? I remember I remember a few weeks ago when someone turned around to me and said, oh, Manchester, Manchester United could go joint top. And I was like, no. Yeah. It was only it was only a couple of weeks. It feels like it only a couple of weeks ago that we were all hashtag Ollie out on Twitter and <laughs> people were t- people were talking about who can be the next person to replace him. And I know us in our personal group chats were turning around and, you know, we were throwing managers out there left, left right and centre. It's sort of come out of nowhere, hasn't it, Tom? 
Oh, very much so. Yeah, definitely. Like we just we couldn't seem to get into gear at all. We weren't playing well, but for some reason we were still picking up results. Like every match we went behind, but still managed to win or draw. Um, and then all of those points have just added up, luckily, and everyone else has dropped points. I think is the more surprising thing is everybody else dropping a large amount of points. And then, uh, yeah, we've just slowly and quietly made our way to the, almost to the top of the Premier League. Like, and we're nearly there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, Joe, Joe alluded to it at the, at the top of the podcast, but, you know, between, I mean, let's have a look. So between first and seventh place, there is four points in it, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I, I mean, I can't remember a, a, a title season being this close where, you know, you could make a fair point for any of those teams to win it. And you've got the likes of Southampton and Everton in there, which is absolutely crazy. Joe, what have you made of it so far? It, yeah, it's just for some reason, and I don't know if there's been quite a lot of injuries, I guess, and, and obviously managers spoken out about that. And now, well, ever more present now is obviously covid cases um there was news out today 40 in the premier league uh in the testing this uh today um but it's just people are dropping points um sort of left right and center and you're right it's almost like does anyone want to win the league i mean you say down till seventh four points which is obviously crazy but the fact that crystal palace are 11 points behind liverpool 11 and they're in yeah, 14th. That is absolutely crazy. Um, 14th. And, and it, it's just you'd, mental. You'd, you'd almost, you'd, you'd like to, you, you know, you'd, you'd like to look at these teams that have the ability to win the Premier League. You know, the teams like Leicester, Tottenham, um, you know, Chelsea, the the Arsenals, you know, the people and United, you know, these, these teams who haven't won it in a good few years and think if it isn't going to happen now, you've missed an absolute golden opportunity yeah. to walk away with the Premier League this year. You know, I mean, you must be feeling that, Tom, as a Man United fan. Yeah, it's a golden opportunity for anyone, really, um, with it being as close as it is and teams underperforming, teams overperforming, you know, teams like Saints or Everton or um, Spurs as well, you know, very much overperforming. Um it is up for grabs that it could literally be anyone's game. Like, just like when Leicester did it at 5,000 to 1. Mm. Like, I bet some people have got some bets on it. They're thinking, actually, this could happen. Well, definitely. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that Southampton were top of the Premier League, which is mm. absolutely crazy. Um, big, big thing we mentioned there was about form, um, you know, and, and some of these massive te- you know, Liverpool, Man City haven't been in great form. Obviously, Joe, there's there's <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal that that haven't really been in great form. They've they've recently started to pick it up. You know, there's talks of Chelsea. What do you think? I mean, we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about Arsenal now, obviously, because you know you're an Arsenal fan. Where did yeah. you know where where did you, I mean? Obviously, I, I know you. I know personally, you were feeling quite deflated at the time. How how are you looking at that situation now? Do you know? I don't I don't understand. Well, I do understand what's changed is that Arteta realised that playing a number 10 in the number 10 role would actually work. And the fact that it's Smith Rowe, it's not Ertzel, it's not, you know, one of these famous number 10s that we've bought. Smith Rowe's come up and he's not doing anything fancy. He's just doing what a number 10 should. And suddenly we walked over Chelsea, I'd go as far as saying. We were by far the better team. And against West Brom, the football that was liquid, it was beautiful to watch. And mm. suddenly it's the same team, well, apart from one or two people, that was three weeks before, looked like they just couldn't be asked. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, yeah, strange. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it was a real, it's, it's been a real turnaround. I mean, obviously the, the football wasn't great and it's almost like a, a, a flick you know, a switch, has, a switch has been flicked. So many talks about Arteta having to leave. I know you were 
dead against all of that, Joe, and you thought that Arteta hasn't been given the chance. How How is that? I mean, are you still in a position where you think Arteta can do it? You think Arteta can get you an, a, to finish in a respectable place? Or do you think it is time to get someone a bit more established to take that job? No, I'm, I'm fully with Arteta and I have been since the start, um, even during that form, which obviously you mentioned uh, in our group chats and stuff. I've never backed down that. I think he's a great manager. Um, I think it was the players that were letting him down. And I think that's been shown by putting in a couple of youngsters who are hungry to prove themselves. And suddenly, you know, results are coming. And you could see just the last few results. I know that we weren't at our best against Brighton, but went and got the win anyway. Um, and I think it just shows that he he knows what he's doing, I think, Arteta. And he was really let down by some people. You know, the likes of Willian, um, who just could not be bothered and I think a big thing about it is confidence as well because even Willian coming on I think he came on against West Brom and I know this means nothing you're 4-0 up but he still finally you know he finally had a shot that went on target or, you know which he which he hadn't done before and I think that is yeah the you know the flip that we needed and into that team Gabrielle's got to come back in and Partey's available for our next match and you're thinking at the moment, how are we putting them in the team? Because they're just yeah. performing so well. Yeah. This episode of the Premier League Fan Podcast is sponsored by our podcast provider, Anchor. Now, Anchor is a free app that you can download on your iPhone or iPad or any of your mobile phones. It is free to use and it has everything you need to create your own podcast. Now, trust me, if the four of us idiots can use it, anyone can use it. It's so easy. Go to Anchor FM to start your podcast today. Now, sit back and enjoy the Premier League Fan Podcast. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, we all know your affiliation to Arteta. Tom, I want to get your opinion on um, uh, another manager who there's been a lot of question around his ability, and that's Frank Lampard. Um, you know, you've got Arteta, you've got Oli, um, and you've got Lampard, all club legends, so to speak, that are, that are managing that football club. Mm. Um, you know, Oli's had a shaky reputation it's been very up and down Arteta has um, Frank Lampard as well I mean 200 million pounds has been spent to get that team into a place where they can compete and I know we've discussed it on this podcast before how if if Chelsea are going to do it it's going to need to be this season they've got an incredible team you know what do you think's happened at Chelsea? Do you think Lampard is the right person to 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 get these players doing what what needs to happen? Mm, that's a very interesting one at Chelsea because Lampard he's he's very much learning his trade at the moment. You know he's very early on in his managerial career, but I think you have to look at the players who've come in haven't really made much of an impact. I mean Werner was basically touted as one of the best young players of all time coming into Chelsea. And where have his goals gone? I don't know. Like, they're not cupping. On their barn door. Yeah. And, and, and he started <laughs> off really well, uh, but seems to have dropped off more recently. And, and, uh, and you know, that's a really crazy one. And I know, uh, Jay, like yesterday, I was... Uh, um, Sorry, all the days merge into one when you're in lockdown 3.0. But um, whenever when um, when uh, when City played uh, Chelsea uh, the weekend, um, the commentator said that you need you know when you buy this many big players, it does there's there's an embedding period. You'd need to question: Have Chelsea got that time? You know, one of the big signings that they made was Thiago Silva. 36 years old he hasn't really got time on his side Joe would you say yeah I completely agree um I think it, it, it was such an odd stress you know Lampard came in and it was like it's it was you know Christmas for him and he was just like you know I've got all this money let's let's spend all this money and they've brought in players and some of them will come good you know I think ZH is still going to be an unreal signing I think Havertz 
could do a job. He's not doing much. Apparently, it's due to his COVID. But you've got to say, if he's if that badly affected by COVID, don't play him. Um, but I just think they're so with the players that they spent the money on, that they're refusing to see who's actually in their squad. Giroud was banging in goals for fun for them. And then you've got Hudson-Odoi, who's yeah. come off the bench against Arsenal and against City and got them a consolation goal in both. And Lance is just like, actually, yeah, you can go back on the bench because, you know, I really like Werner, so I'm going to stick him in the starting line. Werner is the same as is Chelsea's version of Willian at the moment. And don't you think that's absolutely crazy? Because, you know, back when um, Maurizio Sarri was manager at Chelsea, you know, you heard fans... Um, on social media and 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 whatever, saying play Hudson Adoy, play him. He needs to play. He's a great player. Um, and Sari never used to play him. You're now in a situation where you're what 18 months down the line. You've got a new manager at the helm, and again he can't get a game. But he's proven time and time again that he is absolute quality. Um, and I think the games I've seen of Chelsea, he looks the most threatening uh, player to player out there. Um, yeah, it's it's been absolutely it's, crazy. And they're gonna they're gonna regret that if he does if he leaves because of his playing time. Yeah. Because he's one of those players that will go somewhere else and will make a name for themselves and become 100%. you know a very very good player. You've got to, I understand. Don't start him every game. You know you've got if you have got the likes of. Um, Giroud or like um, Werner if he does start putting it in the back of the net you know he's not going to get all that game time but he's proved himself much more than Werner has and obviously we don't see them in training every day and things like that but if you're not performing on the pitch you don't deserve to start on the pitch and that's where I think Lampard is going wrong and that's why they're not picking up results yeah Um, I want to move slightly uh, further down the table now um, and, and there's a there's a team that I want to talk about which it's been really hit and miss really um, and that's Leeds United um, <laughs> now everybody comments on their style of football everybody comments on the way they play football and I tell you what the games that I've watched of Leeds you don't get a boring game that's that's for sure they are exciting but, yeah. but they are high scoring games but not always Leeds way um, Tom what have you made of Leeds this season well, yeah, it's, it's like you say, they, they definitely don't put on boring games, do they? They no. just attack, 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 basically just give up on defending. And <laughs> hopefully they can score more goals than what they concede, is basically, it seems to be their philosophy. They're real-life pro clubs. Yeah. <laughs> they genuinely are. Yeah, yeah. they genuinely are. Um, Joe, there's so much talk on, on, on the, you know, the pundits and the TV stations, you know, the BTs and the Sky Sports, you know, comparing him to some of the best managers out there, you know, like the Pep Guardiola's, the Maurizio Pochettino's. From what you've seen so far of leagues in the Premier League, do you think that's a fair comparison? Because I tell you what, I'm I'm beginning to to wonder you know, he's, he plays some really entertaining football, but there's clearly some flaws to it. Joe, what do you make of it? I think that's, I think it's a stretch, um, if I'm honest. Um, I think he was actually shortlisted, wasn't he? Best, top three, wasn't yeah. he? Top three managers. And it's, I get what they did last, but this is the difference. And this is where um, we're, you know, this sort of topic of conversation is coming up. You know, the championship to the Premier League is a different level you know it's mm. a different level of football and Leeds United you know did so well in the championship because they haven't got that threat coming back at them uh, as nowhere near as much so they mm. were able to go ahead win games win games win games that philosophy seemed like such a great idea they've come into the Prem you know and you're going to chuck all who did they lost was it 6-2 against United it was yeah. wasn't it yeah you're not going to chuck all your players going forwards and think, oh, it's only Man United. You know, they're only going to break with, what, Bruno Fernandes, Pogba, Martial, Rash. Like, of course you're going to concede if you push all your players up. And, and that's and, a silly philosophy. And that's and that's why I'm questioning his management style. You know, don't get me wrong. I think he's a, I think he's a great, um, a great coach. I think he's a great character to have in the Premier League as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think the best managers who have been successful coming up from the championship 
to sustain their their Premier League um, stability is you need to adapt. You need to adapt because you can't play the same way against a Burnley than you're going to play against a Man City. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, and just, just you know, just I want to put this out here. Don't send any hate my way to it, uh, Leeds. I know Leeds like to, you know, Leeds like to come at I me. Mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Us three aren't pundits. We're, we're, we're three. Not we're yet. Three, we're three have a go, we're, we're three have a go, you know, football fans who, you know, we just trying to, women, trying to, so trying to women. do this trying to do this between games but um yeah i mean that i mean that was disgusting behavior i mean i i don't i don't completely condone that um i think it's pathetic that Leeds united chose chose to go at a pundit on beat um amazon prime it was uh pretty shocking wasn't it it was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so don't come at us Leeds. we're only giving our opinions you know or we'll it's get game... jake humphreys on you we'll get jake humphreys on you <laughs> <laughs> um so talking of lockdowns, this is going to be my link now. You're like, here's my I'm link. Re- I'm ready for it. Are you ready for the link? <laughs> no, I'm ready. ready for the link. So uh, as the UK enters the third lockdown, where the UK has now had as many points as uh, has has had more lockdowns than Sheffield United have points. Smooth. <laughs> 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 Smooth, smooth, smooth. You can Brilliant. tell it's un- you can tell this podcast is unrehearsed, can't you? Um, <laughs> Don't tell them that, <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Nobody's going to believe that this yeah, is rehearsed. No, yeah, um, we ain't got the time. We ain't got the time. We 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 we're, we we're about to get one out every two months, let alone two weeks. Um, Tom and Joe. I mean, let, let's throw it out to, to out to all of you. Last season, we were on this podcast talking about what an incredible job Chris Wilder had done he was in our top three Premier League managers of last season Uh, what happened what has happened at at Sheffield United um has anybody got any input anybody it's the uh is it a second season slump I think he's suffering possibly yeah because they came up the season before last, didn't they? And then they fouled yeah. everybody. There was, I think, under underestimated or, um, you know, nobody gave them a chance and then, or nobody knew what they were about. And then they surprised everyone and did as well as they did. But now everyone knows about them. And then yeah. actually as good as what they performed as, they were punching probably above their weight last season. That's a really good point, Tom. And I just want to highlight something you just said there. And it's it's um, when there's you know as a as a Bournemouth fan when you know Bournemouth were in the Premier League five years, there was always talk around Bournemouth fans that people know what they're going to get with ASC Bournemouth. People know what they're going to get, and people know how to um, how to play against that kind of team. You know, and I think I think it was alluded to last night by Martin Tyler, who did the commentary for the Liverpool game. It's it's so much more difficult winning a, a Premier League to defend in the Premier League because you suddenly become the ones to watch. And, you know, there's so much preparation that goes into game after game after game. But do you think it is because Sheffield United haven't adapted their style of play and people know, oh, well, this is what we're going to get when Chris Wilder's team comes to us. So let's play it a certain way because they haven't been scoring goals and, and they've been they've been poor at the back. I mean, what what do you make of that? I just I, I think that not only are they I think that they were doing so well on a run that they were almost a team, not to fear, but that, you know, you knew you were going into a big game. Now, you know, just because of a poor start, every team that goes there thinks, well, of course we're going to beat them. You know, they're Sheffield Mm. United. And that changes a lot. Now, I do think two points for them is harsh. I think there's been a couple of games where they have competed um, and potentially, you know, two points doesn't look as doesn't reflect, but they still would be in the relegation places. Um, they've also been without they've been without is it McGoldrick? Yeah, he's been he's been gone, and he he was obviously their main striker. So, um, and then they've brought in Brewster, who's not brilliant. Not great. He's he's not. Um, yeah. So you know they're they're always going to struggle, and I think as well as you can do. 
you know, from last season, they did do, and we said that they were exceeding expectations anyway. And I think now it's just kind of shown that this is the expectation. They should have been around, not two points, but they should have been around relegation last season. Um, and, and now it's showing and their, their confidence must be so short. What's um, well. what's what's your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation with Aaron Ramsdale? Um, Joe, I know, <laughs> I know you, I know you and me are, 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 the, are the resident goalkeeping experts on the. Uh, we use the we use the term experts loosely. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we're but, goalkeepers. Because <laughs> that we, you know, when when I played nearly twenty years ago, that's where I used to play, and I know you still play in goal, Joe. Um, do. What do you what do, what do you make of the goalkeeping situation at Sheffield United? Because I tell you what, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased because he's an ex AFC Bournemouth player, but I feel a little bit sorry for Aaron Ramsdale. He's, he's got big shoes to fill. Um, and he's getting a lot of abuse on 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 social media, which I think is a little bit unjust. What do you make of it, Joe? It started so early. Like I think it was one or two games into the season, and this I think I, I might be wrong, but I think this looping header or something like that went into the top corner, and Twitter went off on one. And they're like, "How has Ramsdale not saved that?" And for the life of me, I could not understand how he was supposed to save it. Um, he did exactly what he should have done. He was heading back towards the middle of his goal, which the goalkeeper is supposed to do if the ball goes across the goal. Um, and yeah, it's so unjustified that the hate he got. Now he hasn't been amazing. There's been shots he probably should have stopped, um, yeah, but, but there Joe, are shots that he shouldn't have stopped. Yeah, so. but Joe, Joe, you could you could you could put any goalkeeper in the Premier League under a microscope and say they should be doing better there. They of should course. be doing better there. You know, you could you could say that you know. Te- you know, a matter of opinion, but one of the best goalkeepers in the world is Alison Becker at the moment. I thought he should have done better last night against Southampton in their opening goal. It's a matter of opinion, isn't it? Of and, course. You know, and, and, and I am on. I am with you. I'm, I don't think that he should be receiving what he is. I don't think a lot of it is his fault. I think mm. the defence has been shocking um, in front of him. Um, and, and at the end of the day, a goalkeeper, you, you're going to pull off some saves, but more often than not, if someone's shooting at a goal... Um, and it's going into one of the sort of corners. The striker's always going to be the favourite, pretty much, against a goalkeeper, aren't they? You know, they've got a giant goal and a small goalkeeper. Yeah. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so more blame has to be on the defence, I think, rather than on Ramsdale himself. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so obviously we'll talk a little bit in detail when the season comes uh, further down the line. Uh, but as far as relegation is concerned, do you see them getting out of it or do you think Sheffield United will be going down? They're going down. They'd yeah, have, I mean, I... yeah, they'd have to pull off something even better than what West Brom did, and no one else has ever done that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Point. The issue is um, as well. I don't know what their run of games looks like, but they are in danger of getting the uh, the lowest tally. I think it is a real danger. Who would think? Yeah, oh, <laughs> the next four think... games they've got Newcastle. After that, it's Spurs, United, City. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's just where. I yeah, can't right. see how yeah. they're going to bolster that team in the January window and enough points from it. So, yeah. move, move, moving on to um, moving on to something. Um, you know, we, we, we talk, we're talking about managers and managerial. We're gonna we're gonna talk some talk about a manager that's been appointed, which is I think the human embodiment of Marmite, um, and that is Big Sam Sam Allardyce. <laughs> um, <laughs> He had, he's had a very, very big task that's put to his feet. I think, Tom, I didn't actually know this. You told me this stat, that he has never been relegated from the Premier League, which is an incredible stat. West Brom needed someone to get them out of a out of a bind, and they've called in Big Sam Allardyce. What was, um, you know, Tom, what was your first initial reaction when that announcement was made as manager? I mean... I wondered if I travelled back in time. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like Big Sam coming back, it's just—I mean, obviously they want someone who's proven at that level, who's done that exact task on numerous occasions, and has succeeded in that position. Um, so I can understand why they've done it, but mm. I mean. Joe, he is the walking embodiment of Marmite, as we've said. 
do you love him or do you hate him? Uh, I like Big Sam. I haven't got an issue with him, you know, <laughs> at all. I think um, maybe he's not Marmite to me because I don't necessarily have a, a strong opinion on him. But um, he's got a huge task on his hands. And so far, the two things I've noticed, number one, nothing's changed, um, which is hard to do in whatever, what, three games or something. But they were shocking against Arsenal. Um, and uh-huh. he came out after the game and openly criticised you know, his team has said, oh, I didn't realise what I That's what I love. With. That's what I love about Big Sam. He just doesn't care. He tells it how it is. Um, but you need to you need to say, the first game, <clears throat> I watched them. It was, you know, West Brom, Liverpool. They got a one-all draw. They did, yeah. Tom, I thought the Big Sam we know and love is back. He's going to make it difficult <laughs> for teams. I mean, either of you, Joe, Tom, what do, do you, how do you think that's going to go? Do you think that's going to, do you think, um, I, do you think it's too much? Do you think he's the right man for the job? What What do you make of that whole situation? I think, yeah, I think it's, this one is just one too many. I think West Brom will get relegated. I just, yeah, like Joe said, there hasn't really been any improvement. And like, well, yeah. Saying <laughs> openly criticizing his whole team, like in front of them, basically, is probably not a good move. And I feel like in in this in the modern era of football that we're in now, the way the game is played, I don't think Big Sam's style really fits or can compete at this level compared to where football was maybe ten years ago. Or and do, and do you know what I do agree. I mean, Joe, I don't know. I mean, when he was appointed to West Brom, I thought if he was for, if he was appointed to Burnley, who play that kind of difficult yeah. football, who you know you you know you're going to have a difficult afternoon, then fair enough. But the style that was being played at West Brom under the previous manager, it's completely different to what Big Sam asks for, don't you think? It is really different, and and that's why I do think uh, you know I'm with Peach. I do think they are in trouble because. I think it showed, you know, he's obviously come in straight away. West Brom, Liverpool, as you said, big sands back. He's obviously implemented straight away. The players are up for it. And now he's trying to, you know, get that implementation in, um, you know, next couple of games, you know, show what what they're about, you know, show the way that big sound wants it. And they're going to lose 5-0 and 4-0. And it's like, ah, this is showing, I think, that, I think it is, I agree with Pidge, it probably is too big a job because how do you transform a team like West Brom, which aren't Big Sam at all, into that Big Sam philosophy and avoid relegation all in half a season? I don't think you can. It's going to be it's going to be a real interesting watch. Um, the whole season is going to be something quite, quite like that we've never seen before. And in times like this, obviously, where we're all stuck inside our houses for the third time, it's going to be a real reprieve for us and something for us to look forward to. So, I mean, I for one can't wait. Um, So we'll leave that. We'll leave the league there for a little bit. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about something that we put on social media um, a week ago. Uh, We did things slightly differently this time. We put, um, I asked the boys to do their teams of 2020. Um, We were going to put them out beforehand um, and then, talk about them on the podcast so um uh, obviously guys <laughs> a week's passed you've seen them out there in the big wide world of social media has your thoughts changed on your teams at all you're still fairly comfortable with where you put your team one of mine has actually i've realized i haven't put salah in mine and i really should have earlier that he's got the most goals of 2020 oh wow yeah there you go there's a stat because obviously vardy i think was the top the golden boot from last season he was yeah and scoring goals consistently this season as well but turns out salah's got more than him in the year calendar year 2020 so i'd probably take uh yeah take salah um well um (laughs) 
well we've um obviously troy's not with us today um so obviously troy can't comment on the decisions that he's made there's there's a num- there's a number of people that across the board um have uh, we, you know we've we've really gone for the same i think we've we've all gone for virgil van dyke probably the best centre centre back in the league it's such a shame what's happened to him this season um alexander arnold and robertson we've both put those as our full backs um uh which which obviously you know they've been exceptional they've been fantastic um let's talk a little bit about some of the differences um so as far we'll start with goalkeepers so yourself and troy obviously we can't talk to troy but you've gone for allison um uh, and and myself and joe has gone for martinez obviously uh was last season at arsenal this season at aston villa um was that a hard choice for you tom to make yeah um not really weird how the two united fans have gone for the liverpool yeah goal. i mean <laughs> to me that's that's, that's, that's yeah <laughs> i think i think for me i mean obviously uh if, if you are the one listener and you are listening go on our social media platforms at pl fan podcasts on instagram and twitter and you can have a look at what uh, us four have picked um but yeah i mean that's it surprised me what the two man united fans had picked a great deal of liverpool players i mean yeah that, that uh, goes to, you know that goes to show i guess yeah. the quality that's in that team yeah i was struggling with the um goalkeeper and center back second center back a little bit on that because like yeah allison just the only reason he didn't i think get the golden glove or only just got the golden glove if he did i can't remember uh from last season was because he was injured for most of it yeah and he was injured yeah he's, and he's when been he injured. wasn't yeah he was absolutely phenomenal like in a, an actual another level and yeah the only person i would say if i had to choose another one it would be martinez which you've both gone for as well so yeah joe i mean i, I know why i went for martinez what what made you make that decision well Two reasons. Number one, it allowed me to get an Arsenal player in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, genuinely, um, I mean, he was instrumental in the FA Cup run for Arsenal. Completely, when Leno went off injured, he was unbelievable for Arsenal. Really made a name for himself, which even got him the transfer to Villa because, mm. you know, that's where he made his name. He's gone to Villa and, you know, Villa are you know, up there in the table. And a lot of that is because, and, and this is the reason I didn't go for Alisson. Not only was Alisson injured quite a lot, um, but also on top of that, you know, he had such a great defence in front of him. And then in front of Martinez, he had the famous Arsenal defence, which is, you know, rubbish all the time. <laughs> and then, you know, Villa, who, who are great, but, you know, they don't have the best defence in the world. Do they got that Tyrone Mings, you know? Uh, <laughs> but don't, don't you think... Don't you think though as well, like so from from Aston Villa, you know, they've gone they've gone from being, you know, relegation favourites to actually they're playing some fantastic football and more importantly, not conceding goals. Because I think we said when Luke actually bothered to turn up for a podcast, we <laughs> said to Luke last season that, you know, there was no problem scoring goals, but it was defending them. And yeah. um you know, I think Martinez has done a real instrumental job. And I've I've heard some, I mean obviously that the record's gone now, but he went five and a half hours without conceding a goal. Yeah, I read that. And um, then it was against Chelsea. Chelsea. Against, in the draw against Chelsea. Um, but before that, he had, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's crazy how he pulls off some magnificent... I've, I've watched a few of their games this season. I have, Phil. I mm. do enjoy watching them, actually, to be honest now. Um, so I really hope Luke doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> but he, he is just, inc- you know, and he is such a big loss. And I understand why Arsenal didn't keep him. I think I spoke about this in the podcast at the time. But um, it's just it's just so, so good. And it shows, I'm just looking at the table now. They've got the third best, is it the third, be- third best defensive record? They've conceded 16 but goals. They've actually, this season crazy stat that i heard earlier they've actually kept the most clean sheets this season aston villa 
And isn't that crazy? From last season to leaking goals at the back. I think that was actually your quote, Joe. It was. Leaking goals at the back to, to now being in this position. And that's I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, uh, what we'll, we'll move forward because otherwise we could talk about this situation or not. Um, uh, obviously, as I said, Troy can't... I'd I, I, I throw to Troy and ask him his opinion on this. But Joe, obviously, a very difficult decision I made make was picking who to go next to Virgil van Dijk I mean Tom completely thought no there's nobody good enough so I'm going to do a back three which is fair enough yeah for some reason when I was picking my team Cody was sticking out in my brain and I do not know why and I tell you what I sat there and I looked at all the teams up and down the league and I couldn't think of a justified answer as to what other centre-back has had a good as as good a season of Cody um you know Wolves are fantastic they're brilliant and I think he's you know he's now the captain of that team at the moment I think I I saw the other day I mean Joe what what made what made you pick him I was going to say I'm pretty sure I chose Cody (laughs) Um, you did yeah yeah he was he was brilliant for um brilliant for Wolves last season um earned him a call up so that that kind of says it all there um Andy you know, at the start of the season, he also got a place in my FPL team, so that's very impressive. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just it's just been impressive. I don't think it's necessarily it's it's almost uh, it, I guess it's not like exactly this, but he is the best of a bad bunch, um, where he has been you know the sort of best person to sit alongside him, but he hasn't been especially the second half. He hasn't been amazing. You know, um, but there hasn't been anyone. Maybe Peach did it right in getting a back three, but he did stick out in my mind kind of straight away. C- Cody's been around, and we know what he can do, um, which got him his call up, and and that's why I've chucked him in the team. And the thing is, now we're now we're at a situation where Virgil Van Dijk, you know, he's 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 out for a you know a season long injury. It would be really nice to see another centre back, not necessarily at Liverpool, but someone in the league to really steal those headlines. Um, I think I, I this is my going to be my one biased moment <laughs> uh, for this pod because I don't think I've been biased so far. Um, been right. Watching <laughs> watching Gabriel, I'd, I'd, I'd watch Gabriel closely. But you could also make that same. Um, uh, was it Eric Eric Bailly? Um, Tom, you know, he had a fantastic game last week and I'm not being yeah. funny. I mean, obviously, I've made it very clear that I think, um, you know, Harry Maguire is the biggest waste of money um, in, in football history. Um, <laughs> so, to, so to have to have a, another centre back that's 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 going to step up is, is, to me is an exciting prospect for that team. Um, yeah. I've always been a fan of Baye, to be fair. Like, I feel like he always gives 100% and actually performs very well. I just think he's been unlucky with injuries and games. He's a funny bloke as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always love. Good personality. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, so we'll move a little bit for- further forward now. Um, obviously, the, the, the same kind of names... Uh, were brought up for our midfield you know uh, Kevin De Bruyne Jack Grealish had a great year um, f- uh, Bruno Fernandes obviously was mentioned in Tom's and Troy's teams etc etc um, uh, let's have a let's have a look at yours quickly there was something I wanted to bring yeah, up is, on yours yeah. he is he is yeah um obviously I want to talk to Troy about this situation, but Troy's not here. So I'm going to talk to you, Joe. Joe, why not Jordan Henderson? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's it's not it's not about. I it, I had to leave someone out. You yeah. know, I had to leave someone out. Um, now, to be fair, reflecting back on it, potentially Henderson should have been in there. And the person I would have put him in above, and I know Pete's going to love this, would be Fernandez. Um, and I'll just say, I'll, I'll give one my reasoning behind that, and potentially, you know, that would be my sub. Um, it's because Henderson, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Henderson did lead Liverpool um, to, to the title. Um, and the reason I got Fernandez in there is because he's been so instrumental for United. Um, and that's why he's been, you know, he's been incredible since being there. And the way he plays ball is incredible. Um, I do think he is started, uh, started up a little bit because he takes so many penalties. 
I do think that is something that he has going for him. Um, I've gone, maybe, hang on, I've, hang on. Let's 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 t- let's time this. I've gone forty minutes now, and I haven't mentioned Manchester United penalties. So, and I I, I, you know. <laughs> I've done I, it for you. I wanted um, to save that. I wanted to save that for a podcast that Troy was involved in. So let's move on. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> that that would be my sub. Um, potentially, yeah. Reflecting back, maybe Henderson would have made it in. Um, it would have been for Fernandez. I I would have subbed out. Um, but I that's not to take away from Fernandez having an incredible 2020. Do you, do you think do you think it was a situation where you thought to yourself, oh, I've got too many Liverpool players in here? Because I know. That crossed my mind. Um, obviously, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Liverpool. I, you know, I, I like the football they play. My family supports them. But then I turned around and thought to myself, well, no, they've, they've won the Premier League. They've been fantastic. So I'm going to yeah. put all the Liverpool fa- players in. I don't know if that figured into your head, because that certainly figured into my head when I was putting my team together. But Do you know what? I kind of almost <laughs> forgot about him, if I'm honest. I kind of forgot that he was about, because he wasn't well, that's one rude. of the... He wasn't the biggest name though throughout the season, was he for Liverpool? Um, um, he lifted the lifted the trophy. Did he? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but he wasn't. He was. It was all about Robertson. It was all about Alexander Arnold and Van Dijk and Allison. And Henderson was always there, but he wasn't in the headlines ever until the end where he lifted the, the Premier League trophy. Um, so, so I think maybe that's that's my reasoning why is that I did have all those big stars from Liverpool in there, and maybe I was like. Mm, yeah, so, um, so maybe you're right. Tom, 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 I wanted to get your opinion on just one more midfielder before we move on. Um, th- this, this is this is was, was one that I've picked in my team, but I almost wasn't going to until I looked at the stats, and that's Kevin De Bruyne. Now, I don't know what it is about Kevin De Bruyne, but he doesn't really capture many headlines. He doesn't. Do you know what I mean? I don't really get that sort of, oh, I've got to watch what he's doing. But he's consistent. He's always up there with the assists. He's an instrumental part yeah. of that Man City team. What what made you pick him, Tom? Uh, well, yeah, for, I mean, for that, that reason, like you say, record-breaking 2019-2020 season, most assists or goal, I think, yeah, most assists um, in a single season uh, for any player. Uh, and just yeah like you say consistently pulling the strings um just some of the passes he makes like is yeah he's just a, an absolutely unreal player and yeah like you say he might not get any the headlines as such he might be quite unassuming but on the actual pitch uh, where it matters like he, he is the one uh to go in there with with Henderson I think for me so let's. Uh, so we'll lastly just uh, quickly move forward to the to the front. Pete, I see you've absolutely rammed your front <laughs> um, with with almost five attacking players. Fair enough. Um, some of the names that we've all included: Kane, Vardy, um, uh, Son. You know, Kane and Son have been fantastic. I won't talk about them too much. I was going to throw it to Joe, and I think Joe might actually have a little bit of a meltdown if we talk about how good. I'd like to point out, I'm pretty sure that Kane is not in my team. Is Kane is Kane not on your team? No, Kane's not in your team. You you have gone for Sun though. You gone for Sun? I have gone for Sun. I like that. I love Sun. (laughs) Did that hurt? Do you know what? That's probably from a such just just a completely salty perspective that I just didn't want them both in my team um and to be honest again you just can't fit him in like how was I supposed to leave out Vardy and Salah I couldn't and then some for me um do you know what it's not even stats or anything like that um it's because I hate some of the ways that Harry Kane plays football the way he backs into players um causing yeah he caused injuries and things like that really actually gets to me because I think it's really dangerous yeah, um, and do you know, and do you know what? Can I just jump in here? This is something that I was not aware of until you brought it to my attention. I then spoke to my brother about it. My brother was like, "Yeah, he does it all the time." If you're not, if you're not familiar with this, anybody out there, you know, the one listener, just Google it. Google it on Twitter. Google it on YouTube. He does just it. the way he backs into players is potentially quite dangerous. I mean, obviously, he's, he's one of the. I think it's ridiculously dangerous. And uh, yeah. do you know what, though, I will say in his defence. And I, it's going to sound like a stupid thing to say because I can't remember who did it or in what match, but it happened the other day. It was this weekend. Someone else did it. And again, I was furious because I think it's just absolutely 
just, it's just a horrible thing to do deliberately endangering the opponent the opponent um, it's reckless and dangerous yeah completely it's not even like you know that he's misjudged something or like that he's deliberately backing in and flipping people over onto their heads and it's just like and he won a penalty from it as well but anyway i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. done with the my rant but that's why it's uh, not in the Tom, Tom, we'll leave we'll leave the last bit to you. So obviously we've all, uh, the re- other three of us have put Salah in our teams. You've gone for a very attacking team, and has, have, you know you haven't picked Salah. Is is that just because you've run out of places? You know, I think we could <laughs> we could all comment about you know if the team was twenty two players, we you know we'd put a lot of different people in. Is, yeah. is there any any anything else apart from that or? Well, Salah, I think what you mentioned earlier played a part in it, in the fact that I already had five Liverpool players in my team, mm. and I was very wary of that. But I did actually just want to mention Rashford as well. Yeah, um, was it you that put Rashford in? I really yeah. wanted to put him in. I just really wanted to, because just wow. similar reasons for him. He's done a lot this year. He's actually he's, he's helped he's, the kids, but that's got nothing to do with football. <laughs> he's got the children, but he is doing it on the pitch as well. You know, he's had yeah. his best um, best year um, in the Premier League uh, since he broke through. Um, and an actual fact, outside of Fernandez, I think he is the one most likely to get you know got the goals or drive the United team forward with those counter attacks with his zero blistering pace and. Um, able to run at defenders and take them on and yeah I just think I just think he's great but yeah leaving Salah out that is that is a mistake I will admit that because I think I think for once though looking at our four teams there's not one controversial name in there you know not like not like last season I mean, there's no Cantwell. I didn't pick Nathan Ake. You know, I didn't have a... John Egan in my team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think we've done well there. Um, mm. So yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what 2021 holds. Us. You know, we'll we'll, we'll Can't see. Can't wait to include Saka in my team next. Year. <laughs> we'll we'll see how how that pans out. Um, you can uh, what we'll be doing on our social media on Twitter and Instagram. You can go on there and vote as to who you feel has got it right. Uh, the, the team of the season. We'll put them all on there. You can go ahead and vote. And then if the next time we do a podcast, when we ever do one, we can talk about that. <laughs> They're coming um, back. We are coming back. We're coming back. We've got nothing else to do. We're on lockdown 3.0. Um, so, but we are, we are flat out of time. So we are going to leave it there. Um, so I just want to thank Tom. I want to thank Joe. Oh, um, thank Chris. Thank you, um, <laughs> Troy. Hope you're listening to this. We hope to see you back next time, Luke. Uh, just give us a call because you know we're we're we we've, 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 we've put we've put wanted posters out and everything. Have have you seen this brummy? Um, <laughs> just someone someone get back to us. Um, but no, thank you very much for listening and we will see you on the next podcast whenever it will be. But trust me, we will be back. Thank you we very will. much. So there you have it. We are flat out of time on this edition of the Premier League Fan Podcast. Now, this is usually the time where I tell you that we'll be back in two weeks. Um, But it doesn't seem to work out that way. You know, we're very busy people. We like to think we are. Um, So keep an eye out on our social media at PL Fan Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You'll be able to see when the next episode is going to be out. We will try and aim for every two weeks, but sometimes things just get in the way. Um, So go follow us on social media. You can find out all uh, the information as to our future um, shows. Also, go on to your... um, podcast providers you can listen to all of the other episodes that we have available to get yourself up to speed Um, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you on the next podcast